It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. I'm James Erpine. Great to have you in. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I did. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. I talked to him over the weekend. You're going to hear that conversation in just a few minutes. He sat down one-on-one with Mike Brown. So you hear my conversation with him coming up in just a bit. As always, follow me on Twitter at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. Subscribe iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play. That's Apple Podcasts, by the way. Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, even Spotify. I know we got a lot of Spotify listeners out there. You can find us there. And as always, check out LockedOnBengals.com. I want to discuss a, a variety of things, including... Jim Osarski, get to our conversation with Jim. But first, I want to start with something that Adam Jones said to TMZ. And it's about Marvin Lewis returning. And I want you to hear it first, and then we will discuss Adam Jones. So here's Adam Jones. He was caught. Obviously, TMZ's everywhere with the camera talking to someone from TMZ about Marvin Lewis and about the Bengals. Mr. Pac-Man Jones, how you doing, sir? TMZ Sports, real quick. Good to see you here in Georgia, man. Real quick. Um, great to see you. want to ask Joe Mixon, right? Started off maybe having a bit of a rough season. Yeah. Ended up really kind of excelling. I just want to ask how proud are you of him? Um, I'm a big fan of Joe, man. I think he got a chance to be really, really good. Um, he started off a little slow, um, but he got a chance to be one of the great. Um, yeah. He's a hard physical runner. He got all the tools. A.J. McCarron, quarterback. What do you think of him? He uh, Do you think he has the potential to potentially come next Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, is he going to crush next season? I think he will. He got a lot of good leading um, leader characteristics. Yeah. He got the deep ball pretty good. He got a lot of tech. A.J. going to be good, man. This year's uh, playoffs, we got the Vikings. If the, Vi- if the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl in Minnesota, how big is that? That's going to be very big. Yeah. Zim deserve it, man. Yeah. If we can't make it, uh, I pray to God that Zim them win. So we'll see how it goes. And last question, uh, y'all's coach, Marvin Williams. Uh, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, I'm sorry. Um, just got uh, you know, he's coming back. Are you excited? How do you feel about it? So excited. Man saved my life. One of the best coaches. How do you save your ever, life? That ever been in the game. You how, know what I mean? It ain't it ain't his fault that we had two bad seasons. Yeah. You wanna how did he save your life? And he and he's how didn't he? How didn't he? That's what's up. Thank you so much, sir. He called him Marvin Williams. He called him Marvin Will Yums. That would mean the Bengals had a new coach, man, for the first time in 15 years. That doesn't happen. So that's TMZ. They caught up with Adam Jones somewhere in Georgia. Anyone shocked that Adam Jones is loyal to Marvin Lewis? (laughs) No, me neither. You think Adam Jones in a contract year of sorts where he needs to, and Marvin Jones, or Marvin, Marvin Jones, Marvin Lewis, 
in the Bengals organization need to decide whether or not to pick up his contract option? You think he's going to trash the coach now? You think that's something Adam Jones is going to do after everything that's happened off the field with him? There's no way in hell that he was going to badmouth Marvin Lewis there. Now, I get it. you got to ask the question about Marvin Williams. But ultimately, there's an out in his contract they could potentially get out of it. And he's going to carry a cap hit of $65,000,500,000. Some roster bonuses in there. Basically, $7 million this year he's going to get. Looking at this man... Last year of his deal, Adam Jones shouldn't be a Bengal next year. And if he is, it should be at a a much lower, lower rate than this final year of his deal. Will the Bengals do that? I'm not sure. Here's what I think is interesting. And I I bet a lot of you A.J. McCarron lovers are like, oh, did you hear what what Adam Jones said? Great deep ball. That's fine. That's, That's not what this is about. Adam Jones probably doesn't have an NFL job. And he certainly doesn't have one at $7 million per, <laughs> unless it was for Marvin Lewis and Mike Brown. That dude's going to be loyal to a fault and hope to God. Like, the worst thing Adam Jones that could have happened to him is a new coach. Because Andy Dalton has staying power, probably the quarterback next year. A.J. Green, staying power. Geno Atkins, all these guys have been proven. Adam Jones is going to be 35 at the start of next season. He comes with off-the-field baggage, he's getting older, and he's expensive. Most coaches would move on from Adam Jones. That's simple. Most coaches would move on from Adam Jones. Most organizations would. I don't think the Bengals will because, well, the Bengals, they're loyal, sometimes to a fault. That's why Marvin Lewis is still here. That's why Andy Dalton isn't going anywhere. And that's probably why Adam Jones... I could totally see him being here in 2018. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I have a ton planned this week, including tomorrow. What the Bengals have in common or need to have in common this offseason with the four teams that played on Sunday in the conference championship games. We will get to that on tomorrow's show. John Ledyard from the Super Bowl or Super Bowl. My goodness, from the Senior Bowl. As we start to slowly but surely ease our way into draft coverage here at Locked On Bengals and LockedOnBengals.com. But if you're like me, and I hope you are, you won money yesterday with MyBookie.ag. Check it out. Use promo code LOCKEDON and get up to a 50% bonus. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONMYBOOKIE.AG. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Great to have you in. Real quick, before we get to my conversation with Jim Osarski, just two examples of what I want to hear. Like, I... 
we have the best broadcast team maybe out there across the league in the NFL. Dan Horde is the man. Dave Lapham, you've heard him on this podcast. We need to get Dan Horde on this podcast. He's a big reason why this podcast started and has me hosting it now. So uh, I, I will say this, though. Hard to beat those two, right? I want them to get the opportunity to do this on Championship Sunday. He takes the snap. He play fakes to white. He stands in the end zone. He looks down the middle. He fires, and the ball is caught in the back of the end zone by Danny. It's a catch. Amendola. Touchdown. Patriots. It's a catch. He made the grab just inside the end line. And New England is taking the lead. I love Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady, too. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I love Tom Brady, too. That is a great call in the sports hub in New England. And let's get one more because the other thing I want as a Bengals fan is offensive creativity. It's been a while since they've been creative. It feels like decades. It's just been a couple years. But I want the creativity like Nick Foles and Torrey Smith in the Eagles offense showed yesterday. Three receivers right, one left. They come right back. It's a flea flicker. Back to Foles. He's going deep down the far side of the field. And it is caught. Touchdown. Torrey Smith. 41 yards. It's about to get turned up in here. Could you imagine Lap saying, it's getting turned up in here? Oh, boy. Maybe one day that will happen. If Nick Foles can do it, anyone can, right? Tomorrow we'll get to how the Bengals could return to the playoffs next season, what they need to do this offseason. And just so you know, it's not replace Andy Dalton. It's not replace Andy Dalton. I do think the Bengals should look at drafting a quarterback early. I will continue to say that. And that's just as much about Andy Dalton as it is the rest of the league, as it is their coaching, etc. But that's not what tomorrow's show is about. Tomorrow's show is about finding a way to get back to the playoffs and maybe, just maybe, Give your roster a big enough boost to where you can make a serious playoff run next season. So we will discuss that on tomorrow's Locked On Bengals podcast. But I want you to hear my conversation with Jim Osarski because I was on News Radio 700 WLW in Cincinnati on Saturday night. And I know a lot of you probably weren't tuning in on a Saturday night to me talking on 700 WLW, especially those that aren't here locally in Cincinnati or, or close to the area. And I caught up with him, talked to him. He sat down one-on-one with Mike Brown, the Bengals owner, last week. And it was a really good feature piece. And I wanted to get Jim's perspective after that sit-down. Uh, we talk about a variety of stuff, but I started by asking Jim about the significance of winning those final two games and how much of a role that played in Marvin Lewis returning. Yeah, it, it, uh, it proved to have a bigger impact, I think, than than many people would have thought, especially after an 0-3 start and, and firing a coordinator and then, you know, the, the debacle on Monday night against the Steelers and then following it up with, with a bad home loss to Chicago and then the, the disaster Minnesota. Um, you know, it, it was interesting, you know, sitting with, with Mike where he, I asked specifically about that three-game stretch, Steelers, Bears, Vikings, and he said, you know, I wasn't ready to make any kind of decision or or feel that an ESPN report should sway me. Um, but then, you know, he admitted seeing the bounce back after two games uh, did matter. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting, James. I, I think, uh, you know, in his view, um, a couple losses, more bad losses would have been maybe a, a sign of the team quitting totally. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe, hey, the Steelers beat you twice in a short week, and then Minnesota is in the NFC title game. So, you know, our team was hurt and got run over by the you know one of the best teams in the league. He's Jim Osarski. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Jim Osarski and check out his piece. His one-on-one sit down with Mike Brown at Cincinnati dot com. One thing that that Mike Brown and, and Marvin Lewis, well, Marvin Lewis said, is that him and Mike need to be aligned, need to, need to be on the same page. And I know he said it multiple times throughout the season, especially towards the end of the season when he was asked about him potentially returning or, or moving on. Did you get the sense that they are aligned now and, and aligned moving forward? Yeah, I think so. I think it. it the, the sense I got was this, that alignment was about the assistant coaches, who would be back, who wouldn't be back. Um, and, and really, you know, there's, there's two guys, two veteran coaches who, who are not uh, on the team anymore, and that's offensive line coach Paul Alexander, cornerbacks coach Kevin Coyle. Um, you know, James Urban left. Paul Gunther left, David Lippincott left with Paul Gunther. Uh, the difference there, James, is, is Coyle and Alexander, I don't know if they were going to be asked back, put it that way. And Mike Brown did say, he's like, there was some we wanted, you know, we, we wanted to keep them and they left. That would be Urban and Gunther. Mm-hmm. There were guys we didn't ask back. Um, and, and clearly Marvin, you know, wanted to, to, to move forward with Bill Lazor. I think, Mike Brown had to be comfortable with that as well, uh, because his his concern obviously after last year was that that offense that was so bad all year long. So I that's the best conclusion I could draw from that uh, conversation was that it had to be coaching staff. I, free agency. You were at that press conference with Marvin. I mean, he he wanted to. You know, he made a point to say we need to be a little better at unrestricted free agency. Um, Mike said, well, we're not going to change our philosophy. I think there could be a a common ground still found in there, James, Um, but I guess we'll have to see how that actually plays out in March. You mentioned that comment, and I read that from Mike Brown, and he mentioned the Jaguars and and a few teams that had success in free agency, and then he was like, but we're not one of those teams. We're in the middle of the pack, the teams that don't have the cap to spend. That that seems like... It doesn't seem like change. It doesn't seem like I could tell fans, oh, yeah, well, they're, they're going to go out in free agency and change the way they do things. Yeah, I, I think, and it's interesting, and, and March will, will bear this out, I think, James, because I think what, what Marvin said, and you asked this question, too, in that press conference when you asked about uh, whether it was spending more activity, and Marvin said it wasn't really about spending more or signing more guys. His thing was, finding better players or finding a better fit, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I mean, you can find a, a $5 million linebacker, but maybe let's not find one that's Carlos Dansby or A.J. Hawk or obviously Kevin Minter really didn't quite fit this year. So maybe that's where that change is. That's nothing we'll know or see, obviously, until March and then when games are played because if they sign a $5 million player, Will anyone know that that's the right guy or a good fit? No one will know until they play, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, but you're right though. I mean, Mike Brown isn't gonna isn't going to not try to extend Geno Atkins for upwards of a hundred million dollars just to sign Joe Smith, free agent from wherever, for <laughs> seventy five million. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's one of that. I mean, so I, I get it. I, I think that's the thing in in March. 
that we're going to have to see um, where that if there is a change, it, it, it's it, I think the change, James, is, is who is signed, not so much spending money if that, or absurd amounts of money, if that makes sense. Sure, it does, and I think that that's on the at least speaking in generality, that's the way to go about it. Quality over right. quantity is 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 much better. So I agree there. As far as because there's a common theme or perception around Mike Brown on. He's just about as much like if I had a dollar for every call it was that Mike Brown just cares about money. He doesn't care about money. You're the latest person to talk to him. I think he wants to win, but you, you sat down with him. You think he wants to win? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. This this man has been in football his entire life. I mean, he think about what you know. He grew up watching his 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 dad win however many NFL championships. Um, I, you know, and, and say what you want. I mean, the, the Bengals from 68 to 88, um, really a very successful franchise in the scope of, of the NFL at that time, two Super Bowls, and, and, and in an era where, you know, the, the wild card didn't exist. It was, it was them, the Steelers, and Oakland. And unfortunately, I'm sure Steve, Bengals fans will say, too often they didn't get over the hump <laughs> against. Yeah the Steelers and the Raiders back in those days. But um, so, so, yeah, he wants to win. I, I think, uh, I think they, they feel they have found, especially under this new CBA, and, and, that's, and James, I think that's important for people to know. I, 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 you know, the 90s and the early 2000s were different, right? So 2011 on has changed the NFL landscape playing level. Since then, the Bengals are a top 10 spending team. That's from the NFLPA. That's not Jim from the, the Inquirer saying this or, or Mike Brown saying that's the NFLPA. And trust me, they track every dollar <laughs> that, yeah. that is spent on their players. The Bengals are a top 10 spending team. There's no denying that fact. So I, he is, he is into winning. Um, I, they just really believe the way they do it will be or is the way to do it. Now, we can argue, you know, if He's that's stubborn. true. He's stubborn. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, you know, they'll, they'll point to five playoffs in seven years and say it can work. We just need luck or whatever or a play in the playoffs. Um, someone else could say you, you need to change that. That, that 0-5 is not good enough. So I don't, but but to them I think getting into the dance. So this goes back to being Marvin rehired, James, where he said it. I think he, he says I think Marvin can get us there, and he deserved another shot to do it. I think because that's how he feels is Marvin Lewis can get us to the playoffs. He can win ten eleven games. Then it's up to some better players maybe to to win those playoff games. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati dot com is our guest. Uh, five, a couple more minutes. With Jim, final question as far as the the Mike Brown sit down goes: Is there anything afterwards you sat back and said, "Wow, that was surprising," or that stood out most uh, about your sit down with Mike Brown? Yeah, I, I I would say the the he he was a little irritated. I think it comes across even in print or, or online to say that common the back and forth about the idea of having to say. I want to win a Super Bowl, or the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Like he, he kind of got irritated at that idea that the owner of an NFL team or the coach of an NFL team has to come out and say that because he's just like, this is what we do. Of course, we're here to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> of course, I want. So he was a little irritated by that sort of notion that he that people need to hear it. Um, I, so I would say that was the 
the interesting thing, uh, James, was, was he just could not believe that anyone wouldn't think that they're in the business of winning a championship. And this goes to our comments, Paul Dockery. He asked Marvin that question in the yeah. press conference. Is Mike in, is in business to win a Super Bowl? And I, I do believe it to be true. But you're right, as we said, I think he, he believes his way will be the way to get it done. And we have yet to see that, of course. Yeah, and I, I totally understand the fan side of it as well. Uh, 15 years, right. it hasn't been done. You know, but it, right. it is it is what it is. That's why he owns the team. He gets to call the shots. <laughs> He's Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. Uh, you you also wrote, you and Paul wrote something about free agents. And I'm looking at this and, and just looking through the free agents from A.J. McCarron to Jeremy Hill uh, to Andre Smith and, and Russell Bodine and Tyler Eifert and, and others. The, the highest percentage that you gave was Andre Smith at, at returning is, is 60%. The Bengals are known for keeping their own and, and keeping familiar faces around. What are the odds that they just let all of their free agents either go in free agency or maybe they get a pick in return for A.J. McCarron and just have a bunch of new faces? Yeah, I, I, unlike years past, um, I, I believe there's nine on that list or ten. Um, I, I think the odds of all of them, but maybe one, or two going. Kevin Huber's on that list. Uh, Kevin had a very good year, rebound year, um, from the last two. Uh, And and then Andre Smith. Honestly, James, I think with all of the issues on the offensive line um, and a lot of uncertainty going forward, especially, you know, with the draft coming after free agency, and and let's face it, you know, if if you're paying for offensive linemen in this market, you are paying top dollar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think it would be really foolish if they can't bring back uh, Andre Smith because I, I do feel they can find a common ground with him. You know what I mean? And his representation, I sure. think there's a comfort level there. Um, but I think you could probably see a bigger swath of those guys be let te- you know allowed to test the market without much much of a fight. Huber is interesting to me. Pro Bowl punter, obviously, we all know UC guy, Cincinnati guy. He wants to be here. I, it, you know, had that rebound year. I could see that getting done as well. Uh, but again, he's thirty three. So who who knows? I mean, James, I don't, and no one want would love for a, another kicker to be drafted within the first four or five rounds. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, he you know, some happens, and you know, now that he's punting in an NFC title game, I don't know. So, <laughs> but uh, but Huber and Smith, I would put my odds you know, on those two guys in the unrestricted booth being kind of the priorities for sure. I don't know about surprised. I guess it makes sense. What, what do you think, and final question for you, Jim, thank you for your time. What, what do you think Tyler Eifert in the market for him outside of the Bengals is going to be like in the NFL? God, it, it, this is so fascinating, James, to me. Um, you know, the cap's going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have got you, you've got uh, kind of uh, what there's there's how many new general managers you know from Green Bay to New York, um, other GMs who are getting close to a a period where where maybe hey their time is running short mm-hmm. with their owner. Um, I, it's fascinating. I really don't know um, because every team is so different in how they like to structure deals. You know, where the Bengals really don't do incentives outside of, you know, your standard Pro Bowl berth, but they don't do it Gronk style. Like, Gronk made like, like six, million more, six million more dollars this year, right, for, for being all pro. I mean, the yeah. Bengals don't do that kind of thing, um, but they do roster bonuses, things like that, uh, like with Vontaze Burfecht. Other teams, they don't care. They, they, you know, they will, they, they will uh, you know, inflate a deal 
with certain markers and incentives and things. And uh, so I don't know, uh, to be honest. It's really, I mean, if he passes his physicals, I talked to Tyler. We'll have a story soon on Tuesday.com. He, he says he'll pass everything and he feels good. Um, it, yeah, I, I hate to straddle a fence there, James, but I, I really, I really don't know. I could see a, a team doing the one year thing and say, hey, earn up to $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> I sure. could see him look around and be like, wow, everything I got here is a minimum deal. And, and, and I, this is the best I can do is do it for one year and then hope to cash in in 2019. I, I could see either way. So that's my conversation with Jim Osarski. Check out his piece at Cincinnati.com. It really is good stuff. And uh, I'm sure we'll be pulling quotes and reacting to quotes from that on LockedOnBengals.com as our writing team is assembled. Uh, we're getting there at least. Um, l- final thought here for today's podcast. And I'm excited for mo- this Monday. I'm excited for the offseason. But the one thing, and you mentioned, or Jim mentioned it there, is they don't typically do contracts the way Gronk set up. Why not? Like, I'm so sick and tired of the Bengals doing it one way. One way doesn't, like, in anything, in anything in life, the Patriots don't do things one way. They do it every way, right? They find the best players they can any way they can, from free agency to the draft to Canadian football players to heck. They they signed Chris Hogan, who is a restricted free agent. They trade for guys all the time, and they don't work out, and they end up moving on from them. Why be narrow-minded? Like, the, the most successful people you know aren't closed-minded. The ones that come up short and never reach their full potential are the ones that say, oh, well, I can't move for that job, or I can't be manager, or I can't apply for that job, and they, they have blinders on. Oh, I can't do this. Well, we do this this way. I, I take this way to work every day. What am I going to do? How else am I going to get to work when there's a traffic jam? you got to find another way. The Bengals need to find another way. And when it comes to Tyler Eifert, the last thing I want is the worst offensive team statistically in the NFL to let a top-tier talent like Tyler Eifert go, period. I don't care. I don't care about his availability. Yes, is that is that part of it? Is that change how the way you, you structure his deal? Fine. But give him every incentive to make $8 million next year because he has 12 touchdowns and has 800 yards receiving and has 70 receptions. Give him every incentive, every single incentive, to get all the money in the world that he wants. But he's got to play a certain amount of games. He's got to make, you know, not the Pro Bowl because I think that's silly. There needs to be an all-pro clause. There needs to be all that stuff in there. Oh, so you don't do it typically. Well, I don't give a damn. Now change it. Evolve. Mo, Mo said it best today. Uh, I host the show, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 here locally, noon to one in Cincinnati. And my, my broadcast partner, Mo Egger, said it quite eloquently. The Bengals need to evolve when it comes to free agency. Because anytime the free agent topics brought up, they're like, no, well, we look to the draft. We're going to address those needs in the draft, the draft, the draft. That's fine. Get good in the draft. Use free agency to get even better. (laughs) And don't let a guy like Tyler Eifert, which you drafted, which you've groomed, which he's an elite tight end. He's a top five tight end in the NFL when healthy. Why let him go when you can just load his contract with incentives? Just load it up. Don't give him a ton of guaranteed money, a bunch of incentives. Give him the three or four years. Give him the three or four. Who cares? 
If there's not a lot of guaranteed money and it's all incentives to earn, I've worked in sales. I bet you a lot of you have worked in sales. There are escalators. There are bonuses you can get. The more you sell, the more you produce, the more you prove your worth. Why not give him every chance to? To me, it makes all the sense in the world. Give him $8 million per year, but 1.5 of it's guaranteed. You have, if you play 12 games, you get a bonus. If you play in 14 games, you get a bonus. If you play in all 16 games, you get a bonus. If you're an all pro, you get a bonus. If you have 70 receptions, you get a bonus. If you have 10 plus touchdowns, you get a bonus. It's pretty simple to me. You keep elite talent around. Why? Because it's elite talent. The other thing I could see is, well, what's if there's one need that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, what do you think it is? An elite tight end. You're telling me that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who aren't afraid to go out into free agency, wouldn't be at least looking at Tyler Eifert? There will be plenty of teams looking at Tyler Eifert. Offer him the incentive to stay in Cincinnati. Show him you want him but make him prove it. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I felt good today. I wanted to get that Jim Osarski article in or that interview. I wanted to get the Adam Jones stuff in a little on Tyler Eifert. This has been fun, and I will be back at it tomorrow. Again, tomorrow's show, it's going to be my observation when it comes to the, the teams that played on Sunday, the final four teams on Sunday, and how the Bengals can emulate them this offseason to get back to the playoffs in 2018. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Make sure you bookmark and check out LockedOnBengals.com. Follow me on Twitter, at LockedOnBengals, at James Erpine. Until next time, until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.